0: Hey, everybody. It's the two-year anniversary of the Contracting Handbook podcast with episode 119. If a small construction company lasts two years, something is going right. But I think five years is the true test. Thank you all so much for your support in these first two years. It means a lot to me. I mean it. So a local cynic says to me, Mike, what's all this nonsense about nuance? You keep talking about in your podcast. Considering nuance elevates our level of professionalism. Our clients do not have our level of construction experience, knowledge, and wisdom. In leading them, it's up to us to pick up on the subtleties, the nuance, because we've seen it all. The days of black and white, my way or the highway, are over. It's not us versus them. We live in the same community. We, the builders, build and maintain our communities. We are professionals. Part of that is to understand the, the nature of our clients. Understanding our client is not lowering ourselves. It's foundational. Think about it. Think about it from the perspective of weight training. If you focus on the amount of weight, instead of the full range of motion, you train yourself to be weak. It's like building a home with a shoddy foundation. There's a built-in deferred maintenance. Deferred maintenance is debt, people. Don't do it. Understanding our clients makes us better builders. It makes for better outcomes. It makes your life easier and your work more enjoyable. Today, May 1, at two years, the nonsense about navigating your clients through nuance and a return to my solo banter into the ether. But first... I want to shout out a couple folks here in Fairbanks. That kind of brings my building career here almost full circle. Tony Peterson owns and operates Hestia Contractors in Esther, Alaska, my second favorite village around Fairbanks. Tony wrote and told me that the podcast is helping him out. I love hearing that. Thanks for letting me know, Tony, and thank you so much for the review you left. Chris Berg, Bergie told Tony about the podcast Bergie owns UB wiring here in Fairbanks. And my friend Dan Labar, I don't know how you made it into Tony's review, but you did. I hope you're doing well, my friend. For those of you listening, Dan and I flew rafters. I joist rafters for a friend probably back in 2005. I think that's where we met. Hope you and the family are well. You guys that know me know I love my building community. But I really love the fact that this podcast has found it into another local network of builders. All right, I'll be back in a minute. This is the Contracting Handbook Podcast, fostering construction startups, providing ideas, support, and affirmation for the current building community, and helping to usher in the next generation of builders, uniting builders globally the man who's seen it all, your host and owner and operator of Straight Ahead Construction in Fairbanks, Alaska, Mike Kinoki. That's me. When I started out in season one of this podcast, I said I learned through trial by fire. I'm not from a construction family. It was the school of hard knocks all day long. I always strove for definition in my work, so I could express what I was doing for clients, in other words, know what I was selling, and understand why I was doing it for myself, in other words, a need to understand my purpose. When I started my business, I wanted to be different. Yeah, yeah, don't we all? But I meant in the sense that I wanted people to think about contractors differently where I live, to remove the stigma on some level, Was that idealistic? (laughs) Yeah, was it naive? Mm, Yeah, a bit. But anyway, how exactly was I gonna do this? Not be a sleazy contractor? Do good work? Follow through with what I said? Be reliable? That's what everyone says. And also, those were inherent characteristics of mine anyway. I've always been, if you're on time, you're late kind of guy. Okay, so I wanted to create a positive overall experience. I started saying, specializing in kitchens and baths, full home remodel, remodels and client care. A Couple of my friends laughed when they heard this ad. Client care? These are good and supportive friends that were just giving me a hard time, but I meant it. I was diving into being a better builder at the human level. And guess what? It resonated incoming potential clients responded to it there was a sense of trust built in to the first conversation there might have been skepticism but let's you know just work with me people the need for definition in my work and bettering my understanding of clients brings me here what i know today is that it's not just money on the line It's not just a potential payday calling. It's a person with a unique set of circumstances calling you. It cannot be dismissed as much as we'd all like it to be black and white. Our interactions with clients are unique in that they are not familiar. They are not friends. They are not employees and staff. We use different language with those that are familiar to us. We talk openly about body language and nuance. We enjoy being able to read each other on a personal level. And the person being read is often flattered by that level of understanding. So you know what I'm talking about. So when something goes south or the wheels come off with clients, most of the time it can be traced back to communication. We as builders have the experience and it's our choice whether to unlock that full experience and share it with our customers and benefit from this tool. We must lead. This is not about miscommunication. I mean, it is, but it isn't. It's more about observation and also gut. I believe in following my gut, even though I don't believe in being ruled by emotion, I follow information. This nuanced stuff can also be picked up by observation, but it's often what informs our gut. Knowing that actually allows me to rationally say, follow your gut. You're informed through some level of nonverbal communication. Now, if you're present and you're paying attention, you're practicing and you're putting in the time, you're going to observe the nuance of your interactions, which will improve your building game and keep building enjoyable. Because if you don't like it, there's no point in doing it. The hard knocks of working with clients is when it goes wrong. Nuance, the subtle difference in or shade of meaning, expression, or sound. We'll take a look at this in the context of strangers on the phone, after a contract is signed, and a remodel obviously psychology plays into our everyday interactions so let's get in the first impressions i'm not going to go into qualifying clients on the clone phone per se during this episode i hit on that in episodes 9 of 10 in season one also this episode is not specifically going to talk about red flags it's not the do they have money conversation it's not the get it in writing the contractor client relationship is complex this is roots right here you take a call Here's some factors shading your listening in response. For example, your bias towards, say, the type of project. Your naivety towards their unique set of circumstances or experience. You're tired. So you're listening largely to tone and how it affects the definition of the words being said. Are they saying what they mean? Uh, you might be a people are stupid person, but stop it. Don't do that. I understand the sentiment, but you have the experience. They do not. You have to sift through this. Factors shading their interview of you. Stigma. Sleazy contractor. Naivety of the construction process. Bias and preference and experience. Maybe they're tired. Maybe they're not in their best form. So the words start coming out, you're exploring meaning. What do they want? And interpreting expression, what do they really need? What are they saying? How do they sound? Do they sound? This is a big one. Do they sound patient? Do they sound decent? Do they sound serious? Do they sound experienced? On the other end, they may be sitting there with a stigma. Is this person honest? They're listening to your tone and candor. Is this a surly contractor? Are they confident? Are they listening? all this is flavored by your moods circumstances and you wanting to know whether they're qualified there are many permutations you could throw in so many different things here of how each side interprets each other but self-observation is key through all this you get good at it. at this point you are qualifying them by a gut and if your gut says yes then a set of qualifying questions Note, uh, keep your eyes peeled for an, I have, for an article I have coming out in Pro Remodeler magazine about qualifying your clients over the phone. It'll be out shortly here, and it should be a good compliment to this podcast episode. So, initial contact is, I would say, mostly gut informed by nuance. And, you know, the, the answers you get to your qualifying questions will also inform your gut sometimes, for sure. Uh, but they generally inform the mechanics and finance of your business. They check other boxes. Let's just kind of keep it keep it over here. Uh, you know everything's interlinked. Blah blah blah. So if there are red flags, they don't pass muster. Done. Later. If not, if they do pass muster, we're on to the next box. Before we go to that box, check this out. It's kind of a side. But it's something I enjoy, and it happened recently. If during that conversation I have heard, experience, earnestness to do the job or enthusiasm, those are ringing my bell, qualifiers notwithstanding. I may not even like everything I'm hearing, but there's some think again influenced by that nuance. There might be some shift in my head from I would never do that kind of project, to a hell yeah, based on the tone and expression of that person on the phone. I love when people change my mind, but I digress. Let's fast forward. They pass muster through your qualification process. You've met, you've estimated, provided a quote and contract, you've charmed them. You explained your possibly transparent contract. You've signed the contract. Qualifiers and red flags be damned, it's showtime. Did hearing all that once make you a little anxious? Good, shows you're open to suggestion still teachable (laughs) okay so here you are with your project underway you have built trust secured your clients confidence now you manage expectations check in and monitor from their end we're excited and happy with our choice he has all our money now let's just say for kicks it's a new home it's raining Things are moving slow with framing. The yard is a mud bath. You're meeting your clients Phil and Claire on site where there's no shelter. Of course, this is just a bad permutation. No one is in a good mood. You're a bit short with Phil and Claire because the framers aren't telling you what you want to hear, but you didn't transcend the mood. You're transmitting it. Your state of being made Phil and Claire uncomfortable to ask you all the questions that they were excited to ask. You heard the words, they heard your words, you sounded different. You didn't sound like Mr. or Mrs. I love building houses today. Your body language and tone is expressed. In fact, that you didn't love building houses today. You didn't transcend your mood. You didn't blow it off, whatever you want to call it. On your own time, you can allow yourself to go back and forth between I love it. And if I never build again, I don't give a crap because we have the right to simultaneously hold two opposing positions on your own time. However, Phil and Claire are not your friends. They don't need to experience this. They're on the opposite side of a nuanced transaction and you're their leader. The sun comes out the yard dries up despite the ruts. The roof tin is on and the windows are in. It's time for a walkthrough and a landmark payment. You're beaming when Phil and Claire roll up. They're smiling too, but their expressions are subdued. They love seeing their windows in. Hopefully, you're reminding them of special custom items, how the rooms will be used, cool switching, and finishes as you do the walkthrough. When you get the check, the handshakes are weak, and the smiles forced. The change in tone and expression are unmistakable but both you brush it off it's just words just a blip to them moody mark your new nickname they say he's a pretty good guy and you think ah it was nothing but you all experienced that shift your facial expression showed absolute discomfort that didn't match your exuberance their forces were their. Their smiles were forced. Okay, it's not a big deal. Hopefully. This custom home relationship is long-term, though. If you were dating, you might have just gotten dumped right there. But you're not dating. You're the leader. When you pick up on a shift like this, do you act on it or just let it go? Tell me in an email info at a DM on Instagram at the contracting handbook or in a review. I would argue that you act on it. We can talk about how to act on it later. Is any of this sounding familiar? Can you extrapolate this to a situation in your life? If so, please tell me about it in a review of this independently produced podcast. I enjoy putting the podcast together and if you find value or affirmation in the content help me out by sharing it on social texting it to a friend like bergy did or write the review now the next situation on a on a remodel simultaneously going on you're explaining to lillian marshall why a radiant field and a poor concrete import concrete is a better option than just removing a step up into the bathroom and replacing the subfloor. Marshall acting like he knows what you're talking about full barbecue Bob mode nods. She's just glazing over. You finish your explanation and move on to your next appointment. A couple calls that night and says they don't want to spend the extra money to bring the bathroom into playing with the bedroom, despite your best efforts to explain why it would make the bathroom universally accessible if someone becomes disabled, that it would be a fraction of the price to do it now, instead of when someone becomes disabled and it's an emergency, and that it's a big selling point should they ever want to sell the house. Screw it, you say to yourself, their money, their house. But you're simultaneously recalling that they were not really listening to your rationale, to your wisdom, to your experience. Marshall was saying he understands as if you had experience, but was in fact annoying you and you let it get to you, so you disengaged. Lily was not engaged for whatever reason that day. Fast forward five weeks. The bathroom is ready for tile. Lily says, I thought the bathroom and bedroom were going to be the same height. Isn't that why we're doing this? (laughs) I know I didn't give you all the details. That's because some were ignored. And there you were all smoke thinking you had explained yourself, communicated. You've been talking about it from the get-go. Lily in particular had never understood. Is this the client's fault? Hardly. Is this an episode about miscommunication? Hardly. It's about nuance, picking up on expression, tone, and meaning. Moody Mark ignored the fact that Marshall's yes actually meant no. I'm not clear on this. He watched Lily blink and lose eye contact when talking about elevation details, mostly because her enthusiasm for finished materials gave him false assurance that she was getting it. Now he's in a jam because guess what? He has to explain why he and they had different expectations, figure out how to fix it, reschedule a lot of stuff, and money. As abstract an issue as arose here, the question is do you want to have your clients say, I didn't know it was going to look like that? <laughs> no, you don't. But I ask you, is Lily right or is Moody Mark right? You tell me. Same deal as above. Email, DM, review, no matter where you are listening in the world. I want to hear from you. Now, you know, I didn't exactly know where this nuance rabbit hole would go because I I think about it. I don't don't put it on paper. I don't write about it. I don't talk about it, except in conversation. So I want to talk about kind of a positive idea. You may know that when I'm dealing with a couple, I like to identify the boss, the spokesperson, the representative of the couple as my single point of regular contact. At the same time, I'm very careful to make sure that everyone feels included in the conversation, particularly if one person is quiet or shy. So let's talk about Shy One. Their communication is essentially nonverbal. In a meeting, you're tossing out ideas and see eyes light up, but no words from Shy One. Type A partner is telling you the plan, but Shy Partner frowns. Okay, now. It's also a fine line between navigating clients and couples counseling do not couples counsel do not comment on someone's relationship ever hey that one's on me no charge okay now i'm putting out ideas you're putting out ideas watching body language politely listening to type a partner and feeding shy partner you get the picture just picking up on some signals can give you the opportunity to take the project in a direction that is better for your clients and potentially more interesting for you just looking beyond the words or lack thereof when you get in a room with people you have a small window of opportunity to learn about them to inform them when you are inquisitive and speak candidly about the project at hand The client notices. The sooner you build trust, the stronger the trust is, the better the project outcome. So are you an observer of your clients? Are you listening for the nuance in the conversation? Are you willing to take the risk and say, this is what I'm seeing. This is what I think I'm hearing. Or are you going to assume there is an understanding? Trust me when I say that stepping outside of your comfort zone to ask if you are reading something correctly will garner respect. No one likes to put themselves in a position of vulnerability, but when you do, your clients will see it as a strength and not a weakness because you'll be saying something to them they could have never imagined. they have never thought of it. It's coming from a point of wisdom and being confident in that position. Aside from reaching out with your answers or feedback in whatever form it takes, I also want you to do something else this week if you're not already. Start zooming out after conversations with clients. You can call it replay, rewind, whatever. Observe yourself in the conversation. You'll be more informed about the conversation and be more practiced for future conversations. The sooner you start to practice new habits in the business, the quicker they will become second nature, fortifying your foundation, avoiding deferred maintenance, and allowing you to build upon that. Being a good contractor is a necessity for me. It's not just about chasing the dollar. It's not just a promise of quality at a fair price. It's about a positive experience for my client and enjoying my work. If i don't dissect the interactions to understand them better i create blind spots i make mistakes i miss opportunities and i set myself up for not enjoying my work at the end of the day i try to self-examine when something goes wrong before i point my finger at someone else i've done it i love building and i want to enjoy it because when i'm happy the money follows i love what I do, my friends. Next week, Desmond Say, the siding guy, joins me to talk about the best practices in operating a trade contracting business, financial responsibility, how he got started in the trades, and of course, his favorite hack. In two weeks, Joe Mitchell of Finish Point Trim and Millwork joins me to talk about taking ownership of the project, leading clients, their apprenticeship program, And how to prepare for a prospective employer in construction if you are leaving your career at a desk job for a life in the trades. If you want to support this podcast financially, please click the support button at thecontractinghandbook.com. Donations of any size are appreciated. You can sign up for my email list while you're there as well. Remember, what you do each day is part of your legacy. So create a legacy that matters. That's all I got later.